It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the AwesomeNode.com NFL Strategy Show, Monday morning quarterback edition, recapping everything from Week 11 with some thoughts into the future for Week 12, Thanksgiving slate coming up. We're going to have a ton of content for that starting tomorrow. And then, of course, everything back to normal on Friday for the main slate. We've got so much coming down the pike. But now we've got to talk Week 11, another wild slate with an insanely chalky Taysom Hill, someone in Keenan Allen who is you know, the most, most disrespected receiver in the league. And he said it on Twitter. And now I buy it. Anyway, I'm Dave Lockwood. With me, Adam Scher and Josh Ingham. And follow the fellas at ShipMyMoneyDFS on the Twitters. And at Josh Ingham. And follow me at Lafayette underscore D. And Osimo at Osimo underscore com. Josh, how we feeling, brother? How'd last night go? How'd yesterday go? Pretty good. No complaints. I mean, GPP down a little bit, cash one, ultimate up overall for the day. Didn't play Sunday night showdown, had uh, a bit too many cocktails during the day. So didn't, didn't get back to the old computer to get one, get that one prepped, unfortunately. <laughs> Adam, what's good, man? You feeling all right after yesterday? Yeah, uh, pretty happy with yesterday. Won cash on every slate except the showdown slate, lost in tournaments, but made money for the day. So overall positive. Nice. I didn't MME. I did. I went three max and single entries yesterday and it turned out. Okay. Amazingly. I was way out of the cash at, at one o'clock and I basically just chalked it up as a, as a losing day, but I had a, the Herbert Allen stacks was my primary one. And then uh, Devante Adams with Aaron Rodgers overtime pushed me into the, into the cash in the afternoon slate. So nothing insane, but We'll take doubling up your money, especially in, in these crazy NFL weeks, Josh, where it's very easy to lose like 85%. Yeah, it certainly is. I was not happy with the way cash was going for a while. Um, I had Dalvin Cook and Adams in the lineup. So I did have like a lot of future minutes that were high dollar. But, you know, I was watching my little icon be pretty far to the left. And then I get a message from Adam about uh, the Jefferson TD, which did not help him in the slightest, but certainly helped me uh, in my cash lineup. So when you said that, it moved me to like a hair north of the cut line. I was like, oh, great touchdown. This, this couldn't be yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it knocked me out of a lot. And then Adams got me back in with his last catch, which was nice. Yeah, that overtime was big. And then the Aaron Jones fumble made me so happy because I knew that if, if that gate, because I didn't have as much Pittman as everyone else did. If that went back to the Colts, and then Pittman's got like a 50-yard drive, I'd have been in some trouble. 
Uh, hey, coming up in the chat, Josh, Josh plays DFS says this group of hosts right here is fire. Damn. What a morning. Wyatt says, yeah, this group is the best you got. Appreciate you, man. Definitely appreciate that. And then Chandler best trio on awesome. in my opinion, thank you. It's not an opinion though. Like this is just facts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We already knew this though too. So it's fine. No, but in all serious, we appreciate you guys. Uh, and then, uh, this one I had to throw out there, Adam. Like Lamp says, can't wait to see these guys daily for NBA. Dude, we're less than a month. We're less than a calendar month away from basketball starting up again. Yeah, I can't wait to start talking about basketball again. Last thing. Blake Sanders banked over 3.5K yesterday. Thanks, Awesome. Good stuff, nice. brother. Get that paper. Thank yourself. But we're happy to take some of the credit, even if it's you know not ours to take. All right, well, we got lineup study. Josh, last week, unfortunately, we didn't have any of the main slate contest, which kind of sucked. We did our best to get into the afternoon slate and engage what things looked like. Where do you want to start today? Uh, I've got the slant pulled up. That seems like a perfect spot to do it. Um, Let's pull up the slant. And I'll say this much. Friend of the program finished fifth. Uh, Neil, almost taking down the slant Ooh. yesterday. Fella's been on a heater, huh? Millionaire friend of the program. Uh, wow. Yeah. So he yeah, finished fifth. But winning- it's the same guy that said he was driving like a 2003 Honda Pilot or something what prior to that. You- What's up? I'm asking Josh what slant he's looking at. Or Honda CRV. The NFL slant. And who'd you say got fifth? <laughs> I have the. It's wrong not person. the guy that won a million. I have the wrong person. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's not important. Oh, you don't you don't even have the right person in there? No, certainly don't. I do have the winning <laughs> lineup though. That's the most important piece of this. All and right, it, let's talk it's about a it. weird one too. Real weird. Oh, hey, one one thing before we do that, I just have to throw this out there. Did you see the the five hundred dollar entry millimaker? No. Tri- uh, Chipotle Tri- one? Chipotle yeah. addict took first, third, fifth, eighteenth, and twentieth. Just Chipotle addict or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just Chipotle addict. Okay. Yeah, just I mean, still, I don't care if you have, but that is an absurd, absurd day. Adam. The thing that kind of sucks for him, though, is because of that payout structure, like getting third and fifth doesn't really matter that. I mean, third, I think, was like 75K. Yeah, <laughs> third, was like no, third, yeah sorry. Third was 75, fifth was, was uh, 30. Okay, yeah. But Oof. no, you were yeah, right. He, he, but, had, he had a monster day in that. But even so, like to take first, third, yeah. and fifth, and 18th, and 20th in a milli is just absurd. What's really Go crazy ahead, to think about that, though, is imagine how awful his day is if he takes second, third, fifth, whatever. Like, what a kick in the junk it is to just corner the market but not get it. Absolutely. Yeah. But he did. Yeah. And yeah. he took third and fifth. That, that's <laughs> so. why it sucks, because you can be everything in that top 10, but it doesn't really matter if it's not one. You're right. And by Especially the way, in, in that tournament. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't like he scored 170 and it was just, you know, a smaller field. It, 5,000 entries, but he scored a 203. Like that. Yeah, I, I think the only like poor performance he had was Chris Conley, if I remember correctly. So he had Watson, Aaron Jones, Elliott, Brandon Cooks, Chris Conley, yep, Keenan Allen, who's just unbelievable, Mark Andrews, Adam Thielen, and the Browns. So. Yeah, he, he had a really – it was a pretty similar base to one of the three lineups I played in that. Unfortunately, his did a lot better than mine. Yeah, skinny stack with Watson and Cooks, ran it back with 
Um, did he run it back? No. no. He didn't run it back. Interesting. In a 5,000-man field. Josh, before we get into it, I do want to ask you one thing, though, and Adam. When people talk about three max and single entry, do you think they're in the industry, at least from what I've seen, do you feel like there is a misconception between saying, oh, it's a single entry, so do things differently, or it's a three max, so do things differently than an MME, instead of looking at the field size, instead of how many people on how many entries you're allowed to have in? Because some of these three max and single entries are massive. It's a little bit of both, but it's way yeah. more field size. What do you think, Adam? Do you get what I'm saying here, right? Like that $12 is $200,000 and it's a single entry. Yeah, it's still, it's a little bit of both as far as like, I think that in single entry or three max, you, you should be paying a little bit more attention to um, the, I guess like within that one lineup, the likelihood of success still of your players. Like when you're playing 150 lineups, you're kind of just mixing players in and you know, it is what it is. But like when you're playing single entry, you, you do want to at least be trying to obviously make like the best lineup that you can in the one that you play. But uh, to your point about field size, you know, yeah, if you're, if you're playing a tournament that has a hundred people in it, you should be building your lineups much differently than if it has, you know, 10,000 people, regardless of how many entries you're allowed to have. Yeah. Looking at the slant now, Niels and Steinwert is definitely not Neil, but <laughs> friend of the program though, I believe. Oh, okay. So it, it was an awesome logo. I, uh, I don't know if it's an awesome logo, but I've, I, I believe he's in our Slack. Okay. So now we're just taking credit for shit. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do whatever I want. Well, talk to, talk to me about the winning lineup. Uh, M Goddard 33. Yeah, also this- a friend of the program, probably. <laughs> we, we, we don't have to get bogged down by facts on this show guys. <laughs> got, got in on the ground floor, long time sub. Yeah. Yeah. He- <laughs> Uh, so this is a really wild lineup. Justin Herbert, Antonio Gibson, Zeke, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Hawkinson, Keenan Allen, Browns. So Herbert plus Keenan Allen, obviously fantastic. No Jets bring back, but a double Panther stack with TJ Hawkinson. So three pieces from the uh, Panthers-Lions game. More pieces than what? he has with the quarterback. Yeah. What it's, it's weird too because Mike Williams was like directly between Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore in price, so you would think that he would have used him, but whatever. That, that is bizarre. Yeah. Who did who did Washington play again? Cincinnati. They played Cincinnati. So okay, I wasn't sure if he had any like no quarterback run uh, game stacks outside of that, but so he had two wide receivers for the Panthers. Ran it back with Hawkinson and had zero quarterbacks from that game. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I and like, no run back from his from his Herbert stack. Just weird. No, yeah, no, no run back. Yeah, and no, yeah, no Jets. I actually went with a I went with a lot of Denzel Mims run backs just because he was dirt cheap for that Justin Herbert lineup. Ended up getting those garbage time, getting me to like ten fantasy points. Helped push me into the cash, but. Adam, that is one weird lineup right there. Look at that. Yeah, Josh and I talked about that game in particular on the uh, strategy show yesterday that it, it you, you probably didn't need to run it back with the Jets just because the Jets are so damn bad. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, unusual not only because it didn't have the run back, but having, you know, the, t- the two pass catchers from Carolina. It's also weird because Carolina, you know, had a $4,800 quarterback. So if both pass catchers go off, you probably have a really good play in P.J. Walker. Yeah, it's a great point. And I, I agree you didn't need to run back the Jets, but given that, 
you had some very expensive players in, in Dalvin Cook and, and Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen was up there. Being able to do that actually felt pretty good because, first of all, they scored like 28 points. Right. It's just a bunch of them were on the ground. Brashad Perryman had one. Uh, but Flacco likes to air the ball out, and a lot of times he's going to suck. Like that pick six was on the end zone was one of the worst passes I've ever seen. But, you know, if, if I can get opportunities to get really cheap guys in a run back, assuming that they fall behind early, which they did, I'm on board with it. I don't hate it. It happened against Kansas City with the Jets as well. So, yeah. Um, well, so, yeah. Kansas City was the game that I used as an example where um, I tried to roster literally every single player on the Jets and they all sucked. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I used Jets runs back yesterday's Jets run backs yesterday too, because Mims was so cheap, but you also had a, an underpriced or potentially underpriced Jameson Crowder um, at like 6,100. So I'm with you. I used them too. It's just, you know, that I think it, it at least gives the example of a situation where you don't want to just go into every slate blindly using the same rules because you could definitely be adjusting, you know, using the Jets as an exception to, to that rule, for example. Yeah. Brian asks, would you single, would single entry three max lineups be built more like cash games, solid floor and a few boomer buskets? No, that's what we're saying. It really depends on like, like Josh said, I guess it's a hybrid approach, uh, but it definitely, the, the field size plays into it as well. Um, yeah. I mean, second- as far as the building like cash games thing, I think it's a little bit different and it, it's kind of hard to say that in football because I still think in single entry, you should be, you know, using correlations and, and stacking and all that, whereas right. in cash you're not. So um, it, it, I wouldn't say that you should be building it like cash in that sense. I, I think that you should be just a little bit more focused on chance of success of players in your lineup. Whereas in a huge field tournament, you're mostly just worried about how high the ceiling is if they do get there. Right. Right. What do you have uh, second place, Josh, anything different there? Yeah. Taysom Hill. So it's, it's uh, wildly different. Taysom Hill at quarterback naked, um, Gibson, Dalvin Cook, and Thielen. So we could have a bigger conversation wow. there. Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen, Goddard, Jacoby Myers, Jets D. So like a lot more high end here, but then missing out on with Myers and, and Jets D. Um, Cook Thielen is a pretty interesting combination. That's so much salary to allocate to one team. <laughs> that, you know, like without including the quarterback or at least using like Zeke or Cooper or Lamb or somebody because right. like there were plenty of good plays on Dallas if you thought that game was going to shoot out so I think that's a I, to me having Cook Thielen is actually weirder than having Samuel Moore given the crisis yeah would you say that's an objectively bad lineup I wouldn't say objectively bad because like they're Johnson and Allen and Goddard are good plays and Cook was a good yeah and, and I thought Cook and Thielen were both really good plays too I, I talked about Thielen and on, Gibson on was fine point. too yeah, like I like every play. So yeah, I wouldn't say objectively bad. I would say that I just don't think that allocating 15K to one offense and then not having any sort of like positive correlation around that game doing well is something that's going to work out that often. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say objectively bad because it's not like it had, it, it's not like there's like random dudes in there that happen to have like three touchdowns or something. Right, and way, Josh, that's, a, that's a single lineup, single bullet. That was, oh, that, really? That was probably his cash lineup, is my guess. Yeah, it's look, yeah. The, the funny thing, though, Josh, and I think Adam just pointed it out. If I went over every single play, if I said, okay, Gibson, Hill, Dalvin, Thielen, jo- Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen, Dallas Goddard, Jacoby Myers, even a 2K defense, I don't really care much about, fine. Uh, I, I would say every one of those plays individually 
is pretty strong. I'd be it's shocked just, if that's not a cash lineup because every player in that lineup, like, like the Jets defense, whatever, but they were 2K. Every other player in that lineup was, I think, at least in cash consideration. Mm-hmm. I know like Justin Jefferson at 6K was a popular cash play. Using Thielen at 6,300 certainly was oh. viable as well. Um, Definitely so yeah, Johnson. It, it's a cash build. They're all guys that I think had ownership in cash except for probably the Jets. Um, so yeah, I would bet that guy just kind of, uh, you know, played his cash lineup in this and it worked out. Everybody is north of 10% ownership in the lineup, except for the Jets D. It's 155.8 total percentage ownership. Wow. That's the highest of anybody that's on the screen right now. Really? Okay. I could, yeah, look at Myers 24, Allen, but a lot of these were just really good plays. It's amazing to me still that Deontay Johnson is only 15%. Like, when when are we just going to start plugging this guy in everywhere until he's north of 6,500? but yeah, the whole Adam Dillon and Cook, that's $15,300 in salary allocated to that team without a run back and without the quarterback. But and, and if it was a cash lineup, that makes sense too, because there's like in cash, you're not worried about the negative correlation. You're actually right. kind of enticed by making sure that you get whatever points the Vikings score in the red zone. Um, so like in cash, having those two actually makes a lot of sense. Wild. Just, just a wild lineup. Third place. Goes to Watson Sammy now Davis, Sammy Davis Jr. in third place, Josh. Yeah, uh, played 25 lineups. Watson, Cook, Bellage, Cooks, Mims, Allen, Goddard, Thielen, football team. Um, also, also very heavily owned, uh, just a hair behind that previous lineup that we talked about. They are the two most owned lineups in this top 27 or so that we can see. Uh, you get the Watson, Cooks stack, no piece of the Pats coming back. This one makes more sense to me on paper. Um, I don't see anything that like stands out as problematic. Well, no, but it had Cooks and Thielen without the quarterback again. Yeah, it's weird. I didn't notice that because they weren't next to each other like they yeah. were on the last screenshot. Dude, two of the top three lineups had $15,300 to one team without the quarterback. That's, wow. I guess anything can happen. I, and I, I think it kind of goes to – so thinking about it kind of like taking a step back, the reason that you say not to build lineups like that is because of, uh, you know, negative correlation between those guys, and typically they're not going to have a, a bunch of success in the same game. Not only did that obviously happen here, but this was a slate where there wasn't really one game that shot out and you needed multiple pieces from. Like Even looking at like Deshaun Watson, who, you know, was one of the best quarterback plays, all of his receivers sucked. All of the Patriots receivers sucked except the mere bird who nobody played. So it was a, it was a combination of, you know, Cook and Thielen obviously both having a big game at the same time, but they're not really being a game on the slate where you needed multiple pieces from it. Sure. And I, to make one more point, it, I think it's, it's crazier seeing Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore without PJ Walker and without a run back. I think that's a lot crazier than seeing a running back that is generally getting all of his production on the ground. I know cook had four receptions, but he's not a huge pass catching back and a wide receiver that has a lot of touchdown upside. It's, you know, maybe, maybe it's not the craziest idea. And look, this is hindsight because I never would have done this yesterday, but I don't know, Adam, it it would be a lot different if it was Thielen and Jefferson over Thielen and cook without cousins is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's weird that that lineup doesn't have cousins. I think it's weird that you allocated so much money to the Vikings. Whereas with the Panthers one, it's different because you're not really allocating that much money there. But 
I would just want PJ Walker if I'm playing two of his receivers and he's $4,800. Yeah. Brian Josh says, it seems to me every week you guys recap weird lineups that win LOL dashing door says, LOL. Yes, Brian, the lineups that, uh, the lineups that look best never seem to be, uh, and of the ones that are there split 100 ways there are, we're, Maybe I'm wrong, Josh, but I do think we have selective memories at times because we've gone over on this very show some winning lineups this season that have been very good. I specifically yeah. re- remember us looking at them and going, man, that was a really well-built lineup. Oh, yeah, without question. And these aren't like – I don't look at it and think, like, how in the world did this get put together or anything like that? It's just, you know, little tweaks that are surprising to me. Yeah, like these are all – Like the plays all are good. the players – and these lineups are good. Yeah. Um, the only thing I think that we're touching on here is that, and I think there's, you know, none of these guys were 150 entry guys. I don't, yeah, none of the guys at the top were 150 entry guys. Like if I, when I'm building 150 lineups, I'm avoiding negative correlations because I'm just going to get a bunch of shitty lineups when I do that. Like even looking at these lineups and it being weird, you know, if I was going to play two random guys from the same team, like Cook and Thielen would be, up there like cook was one of the highest on guys on the slate and i thought dealing was a really good play uh so you know it, it's not a strategy that is going that that puts you in the best situation to succeed but at the same time all these lineups just had good plays right and there's always the thing too like if you're crunching lineups and you're setting rules and and kind of restrictions a lot of people crunching lineups aren't going to have they're not they're not going to get lineups that have cooks and feeling without a quarterback you know, a lot of people will say no more than one player unless there's a, or like no more than one unless it's paired with a quarterback. Some people will do that. But like I, I've had I've I've run a lot of crunches before where I didn't exclude this, where it was like if it's a running back and wide receiver, it doesn't necessarily have to have the quarterback. But if it's two wide receivers, it absolutely has to have the the quarterback. Yeah, and, and normally I'll set – there are some exceptions to, to different teams, but normally I'll set the rule that I just can't have more than one player from a team unless I have their quarterback. Me too. And um, I, that's what I'm saying. I've yeah. set it where it's it's always at least two pass catchers. Sometimes I've had it with specific teams where I'm not totally opposed to the idea. Let me give you an example. Like, Josh – this is wouldn't happen often because they're always so expensive. But last year, if I had an Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas lineup that didn't have Drew Brees, this isn't to say that I would have wanted it, but there's definitely a path to where those guys could both have really big games and Drew Brees doesn't have the best game too. Yeah. Without question there. I'm trying to look now to see if you open up that additional $2,000 from not having Herbert and going to Walker, the most natural upgrade is either going to be, what Zeke or Gibson, I guess, unless you want to get away from. Yeah. I don't even know what you're upgrading to though. What, what's, is there a running back at like 78? Like now? Aaron like you, Jones. Can't, you can't get to Derek Henry at eight. I think that would be like worth the upgrade. Yeah. It would Who be are you like upgrading from Josh. I, I was thinking like Gibson would be the first spot that I would look at, but you can go from 58 to 78. So that's kind of a dead zone. You can turn Zeke into Henry if you want Deontay Johnson from 59 up to 79. So you can turn Deontay Johnson into Julio or Michael Thomas. I don't think that any of that looks like just immediately something that you want to do. So I don't know where I would free that money up and what I would do with it. 
Yeah, that's a good point too. And especially if this is a lineup that someone like did build by hand as opposed to using an optimizer. He might have tried that. Right. Yeah, because and that's you know, going back to what I was saying about building a bunch of lineups, you know, in Cruncher, you're so for one, the thing with correlations is like you're just trying to make the best lineups you can, but it's not like core it's not like having when we say someone's negatively correlated or positively correlated, for the most part, it's a very small thing. Like it, it's just a matter of you have so many players to choose from. Why would I want to be right? It doesn't mean it's going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's still a really small thing. Um, but you know, also if you're the you know a difference between hand building and using um an optimizer is you know yeah if I'm hand building this first lineup like Josh just said maybe I start with PJ Walker and then I realize that there's just nothing to upgrade so I move him to Justin Herbert. Whereas when I'm making a massive amount of lineups at one time, I'm obviously not going through all of them, and I'm just going to say like don't do this, and so I wouldn't be able to get this lineup so you know it, it's just kind of a limitation right weird things happen in football i mean jared goff threw for almost 300 yards in the first half last week and threw zero touchdowns because all three of them were rushed in from the one or two yard line like shit happens and sometimes what might not be optimal or like you said what is a clear negative correlation doesn't mean it's going to play out uh that way and and it doesn't it's not that it happens more times than not that it goes against you, Adam, but it's going to feel like that a lot of times, which is why you see these people in chat and rightfully so saying, dude, it feels like every time we watch this, this is happening because over the long run, yes, you're, you're going to be making the right decisions. But with football being only 17 weeks, you're going to see a lot of really weird shit. And, and I think there's just a tendency too, whenever people talk about a DFS sport to just say like positively correlated or negatively correlated and treat it like it's, it's, it means the same thing. The negative correlations or the positive correlations for the most part are like so small in NFL compared to if you talk about a sport like MMA, negative correlation there normally means like very it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Very, very heavily negatively correlated because if this guy wins, the other guy naturally lost. Whereas in NFL, it's a much smaller correlation between everything. Josh, what do you, what do you think about that as far as it compares to other sports like Adam saying? Yeah, it's, I mean, the size of the slate makes it way more important when it's an 11 game slate. I don't get the sense that it's ultra, ultra valuable because there's just so many different options. Um, You know, on a slate like this Thursday for a three gamer, the correlations, I think, are significantly more important. The big piece is that it matters before lock and not really after lock, because once it's after lock, uh, get finding an optimal lineup. There aren't names attached to those numbers. It's just a salary and another number. And we're just trying to make that the highest it can possibly be. It doesn't care if like the defense is going up against three of the other wide receivers. It's just going to make the data work. Um, so in football, I like, you want to pay attention to it because it would be stupid not to, but it's not all that important on an 11 game slate. Just don't fly straight in the face of it. Right. I, I think, yeah, I think to me, like in football, it's more of like a tiebreaker where you have all these players to choose from. Um, and, and so many of them are going to project similarly that if I have Dalvin cook, 
normally I'm going to just want to play a different 6K wide receiver than someone on the Vikings. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Right. Whereas in like a different sport like MMA, it literally means if this player does well, this one's not. Right. Tony Petrowski said, not necessarily could just try to pick the best plays from each game, not worrying about correlation. But, and and that's, I was same pace. What Adam's saying is, yes, you can do that. But when you have 10 other games, right? Or say you have 11 games and you're looking at one team and you have 21 other teams to choose from, one of those players likely, in terms of correlation, Dalvin Cook affects Adam Thielen in terms of when he scores, Adam Thielen doesn't, and vice versa. If Adam Thielen or if Dalvin Cook scores, it has no effect on Aaron Jones against Indianapolis Colts or use a, or use a wide receiver for that matter, Devontae Adams. So th- that's kind of the, the point. It doesn't mean that the Vikings won't go and rattle off four or five touchdowns, say four touchdowns, and Cook has two and Thielen has two. It doesn't mean that. Uh, it just means that each time Cook scores, Thielen isn't scoring. And there's only still so much, there's, there's only a limited amount of scoring that can actually happen. Yeah. Like the, the simplest way I think to think about it is when you think about like a medium projection, it's, it's what it is. It's a medium projection, but then, so, so let's say you have Thielen and another six K receiver that have like the same projection. Then you put Dalvin cook in your lineup. If you know that Dalvin cook has a big game, Thielen's medium projection would go down slightly. It's not like it would go to zero, but it might go from like 15 to, you know, 13 and a half or something, in which case he'd be behind that other 6K wide receiver is basically what you're you're thinking in terms of. No question. I'm not still sour over – yes, I'm still sour over golf. You're right, actually. Whatever. It's fine. It's over and done with. Josh, you know what isn't over until after Thanksgiving, though? Uh, I, I was hoping that I can get a joke there. I was thinking about that old, uh, brisk iced tea commercial with Rocky. I was trying to call with a Carson Wentz joke. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> oh, no, that's been over. The, the been Eagles over. season. I don't know, but I think we're going nope, with a that's Mayflower. That's been over too. I think we're going with a Mayflower promo. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. For $1, one single, really? I mean, it's probably cheaper than a brisk. Matter of fact, you want to go get like a 20 ounce bottle of brisk. That's probably costing you at least around my way. $152. So this is this is cheaper than that. You get all of the showdown content, ownership, player projections, the top plays tool, which is basically a showdown version of the top stacks tool. It's awesome. Uh, it's looking at the probability that the player will be the top player based on the captain spot or two through six, two through five, if you're on FanDuel or DraftKings. It's amazing. All of this for a dollar. Plus, you got the rankings for the main slate, the afternoon slate, right? The actual Sunday slates. Uh, express lineup builder express top stack tool so not only is it showdown content and there's going to be a ton of it this week because you got three huge showdown slates for thursday on thanksgiving but you get all of the other showdown slates you get some main afternoon site content all of that great stuff for one dollar using the promo code mayflower at checkout if you haven't signed up yet like if you're skeptical of these sites um here's your here's your way to do it and basically risk nothing it's that simple. You're risking virtually nothing in order to do this. Use the promo code Mayflower you have through Thanksgiving, but do it before Thanksgiving. Like do it before Thanksgiving so you can get those Thanksgiving games for the showdown site and all of that content and get everything it's worth. I mean, it's worth way more than a dollar, but we're doing it for a dollar. It's our way to give back to you. And hopefully your way to give back to us is hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get the 50K by the end of the year. I know it's absurd. And you're saying you can't do it. Everyone's telling me there's no way you can do it. What are you, an idiot? They said, we can make this happen. Josh, we can make this happen. We got about a month and 10 days, and I'm not going to stop pushing until it's over. We can do it.
I'm not an idiot. I think we can do it. <laughs> so hit that sub button if you guys haven't done so. And uh, the thumbs up for sure. Get us up over 100. I know this is one of our smaller shows in the week, but it's a valuable one. And we want to bring you guys good free content, produce it well, get some great guests on. And uh, by you guys helping support us, that's the way we can do it. All right. Chalk report, Josh. Let's talk about it. Who was the chalk for week 11 and how did they do? Yeah, Dalvin Cook. 43% owned in the slant. He did quite well. (laughs) 29 fantasy points. Not going to be mad about having that. Uh, And then it's a pretty gigantic step back. And for the most part, Chuck did really well, or at least passable this week, except for Jacoby Myers. He's second, 6.8 fantasy points. Not ideal. 4,900, so it doesn't matter all that much, but it definitely doesn't look very good. Keenan Allen, smashed. Devontae Adams, smashed. Terry McLaurin, fine. Justin Jefferson, good. Mark Andrews, good. And then Dolphins D, stunk. Logan Thomas, stunk. And then it's just like another sea of guys in like the 10 to 15 range. I feel like everybody had the same game yesterday. It was very similar. And I'll tell you, Adam, it feels like I always get defense wrong. But yesterday, I I stuck to my guns. I was like, I'm going heavy on this Browns and Eagles game. Two brutal offenses that can't play in bad weather. Hell, can't play in good weather. So what can possibly go wrong here? And and it finally worked out. But, um, you know, Miami defense, I'm sure a lot of people remember when everyone was like, dude, Miami defense was easily the best pick. There's no question. You had to play them. And this was, of course, hindsight after they went off. There were a lot of people, as we saw yesterday, that were probably the same people on Miami the time before and didn't get the same results because that's how defense special teams works in the NFL. Yeah, uh, I was with you with the Browns and uh, Washington also. Um, but yeah, uh, Miami, you know, I get it. Drew Locke's bad. It's a defense, you know, whatever. I was kind of surprised that Jacoby Myers, Josh, was the second highest owned player on the slate. Maybe I shouldn't be. I mean... He did kind of just like fly to the top because of median projections. Um, and he was getting a lot of work lately. Uh, just didn't uh, 40% target out. share in three straight games. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It's, I'm, I'm not, I'm not against it. I think it was a yeah. good play. Uh, I just meant the fact that he was up around 25% was, was pretty significant there. Yeah. I thought that maybe people would kind of like, I thought there was a decent chance that people would just like move to someone else in that price range enough to drive his ownership down a little bit, but me too. Um, it, it's a reminder too, when we talk about, you know, posi- positional volatility uh, and wide receivers, you know, being harder to trust, but even more so than that, when, you know, Jacoby Myers, obviously with a massive target share recently, but there, he's still not like, a like a, a legit number one NFL receiver that like, no matter what is getting his targets, like a Keenan Allen or Devonte Adams or, or those guys. And so I think that's why you see so often like one of the best spots and I didn't do it yesterday, unfortunately, but one of the best spots to um, look to pivot away is on these like popular and good, but not great, like five to six K receivers. For sure. Um, man, if, if you went out there and paired up, Taysom Hill trying to be different, getting him with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas ended up having a really solid game. I think he had 20 plus DraftKings points, but 22 and a half. 20, 20, did you say? Like 22 and a half. Okay. Yeah. At uh, 5%. Alvin Kamara, though, that was a huge letdown spot, man. He was, uh, what, four, almost 15% on 10 fantasy points. One target. That was what? One target. One target in the game. Yeah, zero God. catches. 
Breeze has 11 fractured ribs, and Kamara can't believe it. He's just so frustrated. But uh, all, all the best ball teams that with uh, Alvin Kamara doing really well are, are a little concerned right now. That's a good point. You ready? Yeah. You guys ready for yes, this? Yes, I one? know because I have a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just, Josh. I'm scrolling down Kamara's game logs. I don't see another game where he had zero receptions. The, he the had one that's a listed reception here is, in like 54 consecutive games. Yeah. The, the one that I see here is preseason week two. Um, now into 2018, nothing. 2017, all still have a single digit in that line. We're into the preseason. So all the way through 2017, this is the first time that he's played a game and didn't have a reception. If it's before that, then it's before that. But every wow. single game log on Fantasy Cruncher right now shows a reception wow. except for yesterday. And it just goes to show you, like, Alvin Kamara is very unlikely to pay off his salary if he's not involved in the passing game, especially given Latavius Murray's usage. Um, yeah, that that's not particularly encouraging uh-huh. at all. No, if you're 9,200 and you don't have a catch, you're going to have a hell of a time paying that salary off. I wonder what he's going to be next week. I don't even know if that's out yet because of the Thanksgiving slate. Um, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Let's see. All right, By the way, there's a Millie maker on Thanksgiving, but we all knew that was going to happen. Kamara is 8,200. I'm not going to lie. I would say that's even too much after like? what I saw yesterday. Yeah, because he, he's going to lose. Not not only does he lose receptions, but you lose rushing touchdown equity when yeah. Taysom Hill's your quarterback. And Latavius Murray had one less carry than Alvin Kamara yesterday. Right. Like we, we've seen that be split pretty much all season long. It's just that Kamara was a wide receiver, but right. now you're getting, you know, Taysom Hill rushes instead of short passes. Yeah. And who in blowouts, they... Latavius Murray always gets more work. Go ahead, Josh. Who do they play? Uh, Denver, I think. Hold on. They play Denver in Denver. Okay. Yeah. that's a... Not a great spot at all. Is, is there anybody more expensive than him? Yeah, Dalvin Cook's ninety five hundred. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey's ninety two hundred. Um, Who the hell do the Vikings play next week? Let's see. The Vikings play. Oh God, they have a home matchup against the Panthers. <laughs> oh boy, that's like better than the matchup against Dallas, or at least very very close. Kamara's workload right now is preposterous. Like 34 looks against the Bears, 33 or 32 against Dallas, 33 against Green Bay. He's probably worth 9,500, to be honest with you. Dalvin Cook scored 29 fantasy points yesterday. It's his fifth best game this year. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah. 51 6, 42 2, 31 6, 29 9, and then yesterday's 29. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's even at 9,500, I think he's going to be relatively popular. All right. Um, here's the most fun part for me of the show, Josh. Let's take a look at fantasy points related to ownership and see what we come up with. Uh, and then, Adam, get your take on this as well. Any guys that stand out to you as, oh, shit, I had no idea. He was sometimes I look at this and I didn't even know that a certain player had that many fantasy points because he was so on their own. It made no impact on my lineups. I woke up not knowing that Joe Burrow got hurt because that's where the, that's the direction my day went after 1 PM. Well, if I didn't know, which I did, 
I would have soon found out because Adam sent me a, a replay as he scoured the, uh, scoured the internet for a closer shot. So <laughs> Where can I see it where his kneecap is on the opposite side? That's the one that Adam's looking Oh, for. we got you. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. We I don't mean, I'm not, that's not a request. <laughs> it is horrible though, man. Like he, it sucks. It really does suck. But, you know, those things happen. And who am I to, who am I to, you know, suppress my inner curiosity, right? Who am I to not watch it as close and slowly as I possibly can? (laughs) Right. By the way, we're not laughing at the injury. It's fucked up. But seriously, it's like, I felt really bad for him. And I thought the way that the the teams and and Washington handled it was really cool. Like everyone rallied around him. I love that. But I'm sick. And I like to look at those injuries. I'm sick. So is Adam. You guys are both sick. Yeah, that's a very true statement. I hope that's urine. <laughs> I hope I hope that Gatorade is urine. No, thank you. No, it's cold. Uh, Maybe Keenan Allen, fridge, like a like a real weirdo. Keenan <laughs> Allen crushed it. He's seriously like, I put out a tweet yesterday asking if you uh, were to do your fantasy draft today, Adam, where would you draft Keenan Allen early? first mid first late first second round or later and the majority said second round or later i don't know call me crazy but given the trajectory of herbert's career and how good keenan allen is insane workload target shares through the roof and the consistency has been insane i'm drafting him in the first round i I, my answer to that was late first because in my mind i was thinking how the actual drafts this year went where you had like michael thomas in the middle of the first and you had Devontae adams at the end I would be taking Adams in the middle and I would be taking Allen at the end and Thomas would be getting the hell out of the first round. Exactly. But like I would, I could see myself, I I actually went through it in my head. I'd be putting Keenan Allen around like 10. Yeah. uh, And that's pretty incredible. Like I'm just pointing out how good he has been this year to where if you were to look at it from before the season started to now, Keenan Allen, in my opinion, at least, and it sounds like yours, is still a surefire first rounder. That's how good he's been. Yeah. He's great. And imagine if Terod Taylor didn't get his lungs punctured with that injection. Imagine if that doctor didn't stab him. Yeah, that, you, that, that it's frustrating to me because uh, I, I was talking to, I don't remember who it was on Twitter, but someone was talking about um, how wrong a lot of us were on some of the receivers that we kind of pushed back in our rankings this year. And I agreed that we were wrong on a lot. I said, I wasn't sure about Allen actually being wrong though, because nobody expected Tyrod Taylor to get stabbed like after week one. <laughs> That's a really tough one to take the win or the loss on, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I think the almost entire reason for pushing Keenan Allen back was Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. And also the fact that there was a legitimate chance that Justin Herbert wasn't good, even if he did play. So, I mean, it it kind of, that's one where it's just like, yeah, everything broke perfectly for him. And he's fantastic. Yeah, Herbert's great. This guy is so good. Yeah, he's playing way more games than we expected, and he's also outstanding. Yeah. Like Justin Herbert's production is through the roof and it's elevating every rising tide lifts all ships, friends. Josh, any big time spots that jump out to you as super under own big time performances and still didn't end up in any top lineups? Cause I have one of them in mind. Yeah. Demir bird, 29 yeah. fantasy points, 1.2% ownership. Um, which makes me want to pull up my crunch now because I think I had like a stupid amount of Demir bird. <laughs> if I had <laughs> to, to get guess, me anywhere that much, I could tell you. If I had to guess, the reason we didn't see him at the top of a lot of lineups is because it was like Cam Newton, Jacoby Meyer, Demir Bird stats. He was also it, only the, in 600 lineups, too. 
Yeah, and the Houston side didn't do anything either. What do you mean? Like, Will Fuller wasn't very good. Brandon Cooks wasn't very good. So, like, the 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 teams that have Demir Bird, the very few teams that had him, most likely had some combination of Cam Newton or Brandon Cooks or uh, Fuller or something like that. No, you're right. I actually, the reason I said, what do you mean, is I thought Brandon Cooks was better than he was. Oh, wow. I, I thought Brandon Cooks got up into the 20s. He did score, right? Did he score? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, no, he only had 12 and a half. You're right. Okay, so there you go. That that makes a difference. Demir Bird had a 0% target share in week 10. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even have a line in his, uh, like, he, he doesn't even get listed in the player profile on Fantasy Cruncher. <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy, though, and this is why I think sometimes we'll talk about, this is why this show can be fun. You know, you look at Devontae Adams and – he wasn't in many of the top lineups. I'm sure he's, he's in some of them, but he wasn't like 26 points at 8,600. Isn't bad. But if you have a Keenan Allen game or an Adam Thielen game, then Devon, or how about this? Even a Deontay Johnson game where he had the same fantasy points, almost $3,000 less expensive than him. DJ Moore, $3,000 less expensive, same game. There's so much passing in today's football that like if Devonte Adams doesn't go for a monster game, you pretty much are very much able to make that up with not one, but a handful of receivers every week. Yeah. Not only that, but also I think you would have seen Devonte Adams and more of the top lineups had cheap running backs, not been bad, but like Duke Johnson was terrible. Adrian Peterson was terrible. Gio yep. Bernard didn't do well. And that's, those are the guys that you had to get to if you were paying for Devonte Adams. So not only did he get outscored by cheaper guys like Allen and Thielen and, and kept up with by the F.A. Johnson, but the running back sacrifices you had to make didn't work out. For sure. Tamir Bird. He's the Travis Fulgham and Chase Claypool of week six or seven or whatever that was. I had him in a couple lineups north of the field, and I had to make adjustments to stop him from being in like 30 to 40% of my stuff, which was obviously All that means is that your projections were shit, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I know. What'd you say, Adam? I said all that means is that Josh's uh, projections had an error in them. Yeah. Yeah, it's very bad. Or I'm a a genius. (laughs) (laughs) I had him in one out of 150. That's tough because the genius would be leaving him in there because your projections gave you to him to not. I mean, I left him, him in there significantly more than the field. What percent did you have? Me or him? Uh, uh, what percent, Josh, of bird Adam. did you have? Adam had one. I had. I closed the chip. I think it was. I think it was nine. Okay, nine x the field. Yeah, can't beat it. <laughs> Those quality projections I had. That's not terrible. And hey, if you guys ever have any questions with these recap shows, we're always happy to answer them. Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that are really weird about DFS, um, a lot of nuances and intricacies, but more so like Adam just talking about the correlation and so many other things where people look at them as a hard, fast rule of, of things that you can't break. And if you do, you're an idiot. Don't you think sometimes there's a little bit more nuance to things like this? And sometimes it is team specific, quarterback specific, game specific. Yeah. Slate specific, you know, all of that, you know, for example, another rule that I use almost all the time. And I think everyone recognizes is good is stacking. I didn't stack Taysom Hill yesterday because I didn't really see a point. Like you, you still want to think through um, each slate and each, each team and all that. And again, it just goes back to in NFL, when you talk about negative or positive correlations, 
in, in most situations, you're talking about a very small boost or decrease in projections. So it's more of a tiebreaker type thing. And um, normally it's just, you know, that you just want your lineups to be as positively correlated as possible. But um, yeah, it's still something you should be thinking about on a slate by slate, team by team, player by player basis. Josh, final thoughts for week 11 before we close the doors on this one and move on to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving content starting already tomorrow. And correct me if I'm wrong, not only are you going to have your showdown videos for tonight's Monday night football game between the Rams and the Bucks, we just did the strategy show as well with Alex Brown, former DN for the Bears, which was a lot of fun. Check out Josh's short videos as well. But you're going to have a slew of Thanksgiving game videos that absolutely need to be watched. Yeah. I'm going to do a sort of abbreviated top five video. Um, So normally it's top five for uh, the whole slate. So I'm going to do, you know, top X for the full three gamer. And then I'm going to do showdown specific stuff for Steelers Ravens, since that one's, you know, prime time and two good games. I mean, all eyes will be on that one. So I'll have four different short form videos just for Thanksgiving out sometime on Wednesday. And Adam, you guys did the live before live before lock on Thursday. Uh, I thought that show was a lot of fun. We're not doing super, it this Thursday. Super informative. No, oh, no. Are you doing it today? Yeah. You're doing it tonight, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So check that out. You guys are going to go live 30, 40 minutes before they normally do. And you, you want you you definitely want to watch that. It's like very much. What would Josh? How would you describe that show for someone that hasn't seen it yet? With a serious tone, uh, it's as good as it gets. Uh, Adam and I are digging into everything that we looked at throughout the day and trying to sum it up in a you know a quick half hour, looking at our top plays, our top fades, every single piece of this specific game tonight. It's just all coming together, and we're trying to get you that information quickly before we turn it over uh, to the true live before lock show. But the simulation stuff, I just think, is really important. Yeah, I mean, I'm running, I'm running simulations on the slate for FanDuel and for DraftKings, uh, trying to figure out how often people are in an optimal lineup. I think that is really important information to look at, and ultimately it ends up making all of my lineup decisions. Remember, guys, you can listen to all of our shows in podcast form. Any platform that has podcasts, we're on it, uh, unless there's one I don't know about, you know, some third-rate nonsense. I'm sure, you know, we're not there, but everywhere else. And if you're joining this show late, I I know it sounds crazy, but I've actually had people come into the show and be like, oh, I'm late. What am I going to do? First of all, you can just scroll all the way back to the beginning or wait till it ends and it'll populate on the homepage of our YouTube channel. So many different ways you can rewatch or re-listen to everything. Check it out. Guys, subscribe. Help us get the 50K before you go. Hit that thumbs up. Thanks for hanging out as always. Good luck tonight on the Monday Night Football Showdown. We'll see you back here for week 12, the Monday Morning Quarterback Show.